This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 629, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. Several ways that you can listen to this. You can listen to this on Spotify. You can listen to this on Google Play, Amazon Podcast, Not Apple, because nobody wants to take blame for what's going on on the Apple front. Hopefully, we can rectify that soon. Uh, but when you're all, at all those major podcasting applications, uh, give us five stars. Give us a, a rating. We uh, truly appreciate it. It helps the, you know, they say the algorithm. Uh, rock and roll there. Uh, social media-wise, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut. Twitter.com slash MarkingOut. TikTok at MarkingOut. And YouTube and Instagram at MarkingOut11. Uh, you can email us. Let's say you want to ask a personal question. Maybe you want to sponsor the show. Maybe, a personal uh, question? Maybe, they, maybe they're a wrestling fan and they're just uncomfortable with hearing their questions asked on the show. Email us, MarkingOut1 at gmail.com. Uh, you can buy our merchandise, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. I think there was like a President's Day sale this week. So thank you for buying merchandise, people. We truly appreciate it. My name is Chris. Uh, this is the first time me doing the show, the beginning of the show, in uh, about a month because it was me and Dave that time. But you can follow me on Critter. Critter. It's a, a new social media front. No, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Uh, Dave is not with us this week because he's uh, in San Diego. San Diego as they call it. You can follow him uh, and meeting up with all of his PT friends at David PTDPT. Uh, and you heard his lovely voice, the heart and soul of marking out. Uh, the reason we're up to 629 episodes. He is the count of Monte Fisto cousin, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Um, you could follow him on all social media fronts at BTTG one, six, one, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Uh, I'm good. Busy. Um, it is February break, so my kids are home. So I've taken over my son's room to lock myself in here to record the podcast. And we got a lot of podcasting to talk about. But what, how how's your week been so far, Brandon? It was good. I made some cheeseburger meatloaf. I feel like that was... I, I don't think I made that before. I put some chopped onions in it, relish, some cheese, and uh You would put relish in the meatloaf? Yeah. Wouldn't that be more of like a garnish to put on top of it? You know, you put like an, a little dollop of it on top. Nah, that because it gives it flavor. You don't actually like see or feel the relish inside the meatloaf. It just okay. like gives it that relish flavor. Okay. I thought it was really good. I thought about putting mustard in as well, but I was like, nah. Mustard's gross. I don't know. I've like over time, it like depends what kind of mustard. Okay. Like Cheesecake Factory, like they give honey mustard, and I'm like, I hate. I've lived my life hating mustard. Yes. But their honey mustard is just, like, kind of good. <laughs> yes. Okay. But uh, Never tasted it before. And then I went to what seems like my weekly voyage to Cheesecake Factory. But most importantly, on the way home, I saw a few seals in the really? ocean on the Meadowbrook. And I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I mean, there's seals popping up on the Meadowbrook. There's uh, dead whales popping up on the ocean. You know, it's all, it's all thanks to, you know. Well, I mean, these were living seals. Good. I'm but I think we, we have, don't we have like seal watching boats and everything? Yes, we do. So I, I don't I, know. Why I've personally. never seen it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, no, I'm about it. 
I'm about it. So yeah, cool. That's about it. I made more sauce, and that's about it. How about sauce yourself? It. Um, well, as I said, it's February break, so my kids are off. Uh, we took our yearly excursion to the TWA Hotel at JFK Airport, which is always fun. Um, but on the way there, we uh, you know went a little past TWA Hotel and the JFK. We went to, out to Brooklyn, went to Coney Island, and got some hot dogs, baby! Yeah! Oh, wow. Um, it, it was funny. Um, I go up to the counter, and first of all, it's like, it's off-peak for Nathan, so they're just slow as molasses. And I walked up to the woman. I'm like, hi, I need 11 hot dogs, please. She's like... 11? I'm like... Well, it was me, it was Rachel, it was the kids, and then my in-laws were coming back from Maryland, so, like, they're driving on the belts, and they're like, oh, hey, we'll stop and get some hot dogs with you, so. I was I'm counting 11... six. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I had three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah, come on. Like, my goodness. I'm not going to Nathan's every day <laughs> to eat hot dogs. You know, it's a once in a blue moon, like, if I'm going there for a concert or if I'm going to the TWA hotel, you know. Now, it's, it was now let me ask dog. you a question. How do you take your hot dog? <laughs> Deep. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I know, right? <laughs> Good thing Dave doesn't listen. Uh, no, just catch up. Sometimes if no I'm feeling fr- sometimes a little bit of sauerkraut, but the, today I just wanted I just wanted the, just the hot dog, a little ketchup on it. I had some onion rings, which were great. Uh, they did botch though. I asked for cheese, and they gave me this like mustard cheese spicy kaboom sauce, which was god awful. Yeah, no so. French fries. That's like the best part about going yeah, to Nathan. No, we got French fries. We got French fries. We got onion rings. Man, I used to get a soda cup, and uh, when I was done, I would fill it up with the the sauerkraut and take it home, yeah, filled but... to the brim. Oh, God. Well, apparently sauerkraut's very good for you. It's good for your digestive system. It's cabbage, so. Yeah. I like kimchi, too. Um, but that's it. You know, getting we've got some basketball championships. My job my uh, job is broadcasting this weekend, so I've been prepping for that, uh, cutting new commercials and doing all that stuff. So, And then I have been, you know, uh, this past weekend, though, I had, a, like, a rare Saturday, like, fully, fully off. Um. And I watched a lot of sports, and I wrote it down because I wanted to tell everybody about it on the podcast. Um, it started at 12 o'clock because uh, lacrosse season for uh, the NCAA starts early um, as I watched Cornell versus Albany, which is a great matchup. And then at 3 p.m., we had the first inaugural seat weekend of the XFL. Yes. So, yeah, so I watched a bunch of XFL. I, you know, I all the games were fun. I can't like, you know, I'm I'm not a big football guy because I just filmed too much of it, so I kind of get burnt out of it. But I, I liked. It looked very professionally. You know, it looked very good, and I like the fact that the the Rock Dwayne Johnson says that like, you know, we're gonna make this a feeder system for the NFL, which I kind of admire because it, it's not like the NFL has like a minor league system, like with Major League Baseball. Or like hockey or anything like that. So I think it was it was a cool concept. I think it looked good. Um, the rules I think are uh, makes the game more smooth. Yes, I thought it was very. The games were very quick. Um, but I feel like they had those rules when they had the the second iteration. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Iteration kind of got like kind of got shot down real quick because yeah. of COVID. So yeah. Um, but it was I I enjoyed watching the games because it took me up all the way till 8 p.m. Uh, when there we did have a premium live event, which was Elimination Chamber, hailing from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I said that right for all you uh, Habs out there. Um, and I think this was, if not maybe the most hyped PLE that WWE has had in a very, very long time. 
you know, people would be like, oh, yeah, Elimination Chamber, uh, you know, oh, Royal Rumble's coming up. I really enjoy Royal Rumble. People are like, Elimination Chamber, baby, let's go. This is going to be awesome because of the, the main event between Sammy and Roman. But before we get to that, let's break down all the matches. You did have two Elimination Chamber matches, one starting off the show in which Asuka uh, successfully won, beating Carmella, Liv Morgan, Natalia, uh, Nikki Cross, and Raquel Rodriguez. What would you think about this match, Brandon? There was a lot of uh, cool spots in there. Yeah. I liked when, when Raquel got in there. She showed her dominance almost instantly. She took on, well, I think, Liv and Natty who started. And yes. I liked the, the fireman's carry spot that she did to slam Natty into the cage. I thought that was pretty cool. Yes. I liked Nikki Cross going into the match with her jacket on, like not caring. She had all the time in the world while she was in the the pod to take it off, but she was mm-hmm. just like that fiery Nikki Cross that she was like, I don't care. I'm going to fight with this on. Yeah. I thought that was sure. somewhat n- unique. I think the spot of the match, though, was that sunset flip powerbomb that Liv Morgan. Yeah, hit. Liv Morgan killed it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, but ultimately, I think. Asuka winning was the right call, especially with this whole, like, rebirth of Asuka and the, the, the shades of the, the Kana character from Japan. Um, it was the right call, and now it's going to be her versus Bianca at Mania. And which... it's funny, it's funny because the fans, they loved the fact that Natty was doing the sharpshooter, but they hated the fact that Liv Morgan lost. Yeah. So it's well, like I kind mean, of it... like a double-edged sword there. Well, you know, you got Natalia Nightheart, who's a, a member of the Hart family. Yeah. She's going to get her praise, especially in Montreal. Yeah, and like I said, so, the outcome needed to happen. It needed to be Asuka. Yeah, it did, it needed it needed to be Asuka. So and I'm, now I'm about she it. she joins Edge, John Cena, Randy Orton, and Brock Lesnar as the only wrestlers in WWE to win a Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, and Elimination Chamber. Yeah, so props to her. And I hope, uh, as much as I like Bianca Belair and how much of a stalwart she's been for the women's division, I think again with the rebirth of Asuka. It would be a, a a great time to put the strap on her. Um, other elimination chamber match had Austin Theory successfully defending his United States Championship against heavy hitters galore in this match: Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, Montez Ford, and Seth freaking Rollins. Um, I think this is a huge rub for Austin Theory, uh, especially in a match like this, and especially going to Mania where it's potentially being rumored it's going to be him versus Cena. So one more step in building up uh, a future talent within the WWE. I mean, he's already been built up to you know the moon, but still like a, a big step, especially going on the road to WrestleMania. Johnny Gargano's gear here was uh, based off of a Bluey character, I believe. I think Bluey, uh, Bluey, and, Bluey and his father. son. Yeah, did you? Uh, is your household a Bluey household? <laughs> we were a Bluey household. Uh, my daughter's when she was like four, she was obsessed. For her birthday, and her birthday was like the height of COVID. She, you know, she had her, we had a bluey dress, you know, all that stuff. I, I think bluey, and I've said it, I think I've, I've said it on something, but I think it's the best children's show ever because there's a lot of things in there that can get parents to pop to. Um, my favorite <laughs> episode is called Sleepy Time. Um, and if you're a parent and you've watched Bluey before, go watch it again because it's spectacular. Um, Sleepy Time. It's very funny. And if you're a parent, you'll get it. But. Uh, well, yeah. Johnny, Johnny and uh, Seth Rollins started this match, and I liked that Michael Cole alluded to them. They, he said that this was the first time they squared up in WWE, so obviously they outside squared, of... They, they were squared up on the Indies? Do you know that? Yeah. I feel like they were, but they were like, 
when Seth was like top guy in Ring of Honor, Johnny was like really just starting to make his name and evolve. But hey, you know, I think it was I pay attention to the Midwest Indies. I think it was AIW that they did. Ah, okay. So, but cool. then, and then Austin Theory, I like that he was out next. He had so much history between him and Seth Rollins, and then him and Johnny Gargano at the same time. Yeah. So he's trying to like try to like get them to play it up or whatever. Like, hey, let's let's all team up, and then. Obviously that didn't work out, but, and then Bronson Reed, um, he hit that, that move. I don't even know what to call it. It's like the Uranagi that he hits Uh, onto Gargano onto Seth Rollins. We saw him once before do it. I believe to Johnny Gargano and Roderick strong in NXT. And I just think that's a fantastic move. Um, and then Montez Ford probably stealing the, the match, the show twice. Yeah. With his Spider-Man esque moves, which I, I enjoyed a lot. Even going for the people's elbow first, I thought that was funny. But yeah, that that flipping upside down wall hanging, I thought was so cool. What did I was talking to Anthony Capozzi of Lost Becomes and Thracian, and uh, what did he say about Monte Square? Because we were talking about, it. I was like, "Hey, are you gonna watch?" He goes, "Yeah, I might watch." Blah blah this the other thing. He said Monte Square just gotta relax, and I was like, "Man, I'm like, <laughs> it's." Again, it's it's spots and stuff like that, which will get people more hyped. And again, you know, we live in an era where the GIF will, you know, bring you a far away. And a lot of you know wrestlers look forward to like the GIF off the off of a pay per view or a PLE or whatever you want to call it. And that was a spot. So um, another I, spot that was nuts was that that potential power bomb spot where Seth went to go power bomb Gargano off the top of the pod. And Gargano yes. reversed it with that Hurricane Rana onto everyone. Like I, I thought for sure Gargano like fell flat, and like hit his face or something on the chamber or the 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 floor or something. And then another angle came out and you saw Damian Priest like catch him perfectly. I was like, oh good. my god, that's a huge trust thing, especially in professional wrestling. It's like a you have to trust the guys that are you're in the ring with, and especially if something like that happens, hopefully someone will be there for them. And Damian Priest, I hope he. Uh... I hope uh, he gets a, a meal or, you know, a nice steak dinner out of Johnny Gargano for uh, helping him not die. It was um, such a crazy spot. Yeah, it was. It was. A uh, big story out of this, though, was the way that Seth Rollins kind of was eliminated after the chamber had to be open because of Montez Ford getting injured. Logan Paul makes his uh, way into the chamber, hits a beautiful buckshot lariat, and walks out. There's been a lot of talk between uh, Seth Rollins and Logan also. Paul on the internet about, you know, going back and forth, who's better, who shouldn't be there, whatnot. You were saying, what did you say, Brandon? I'm sorry. His stomp, he also hit that. Yes, he did hit the stomp as well. I'm actually drinking a Prime Energy drink right now. Oh. One. Yeah, it's the one. Is it, I, I, people like, I don't know, people go back and forth like it come became a meme. No, I like the, the lemon lime. It's really, it's very tasty. Logan uh, Paul, call us up. That's it, yeah. Those my kids love the Prime Stick. My, it, it, my kids and all their friends now are like obsessed with drinking primes. Pride, bro. Pride, bro. Yeah, I, that's what it is. So like, they both have a blue prime sitting in the fridge right now. Wow. And, and for me, this spot was completely unexpected. Even though, looking back, I should have a hundred percent seen it. So yeah, I mean, this uh, sets up. I, I mean, we saw the writing on the wall when they started badmouthing each other on Twitter. Yeah, the writing's on the wall. It's going to be Seth versus. Seth versus Logan Paul at Mania, and this might be a show-stealing match. And now he could be booed and not have to, like, win the fans over every single time. Uh, see, that's going to be hard. Um, because 
he again he just keeps showing up and showing out so how do, how can and i feel like fans now have an appreciation for him no so because like, every single time he shows up people boo and then like it takes a, a few minutes and then they're like oh wait a minute he's fantastic in the ring <laughs> yeah he is fantastic in the ring, so uh but yeah rats uh, austin theory winning a big elimination chamber match we did have three other matches uh, you had Bobby Lashley defeat Brock Lesnar via disqualification as Brock Lesnar kicked Bobby Lashley in the Nards. Um, I'm about it because I hopefully this sets. I mean, I you'll talk about it on Monday Night Raw, but there has to be a uh, a third and final match between these two. Oh, uh, a fourth and final match between these two guys. Um, but you know, it was two big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah, it was I exactly no... what you would have expected. Yeah. And then Brock, I guess, listened to the crowd like, that's afterwards. The thing that confuses me. It confuses me. It's like Brock's a baby face, like a super yeah. baby face in this. Why would he go for a low blow? Yeah, I, I just I didn't get it. But it's like, yeah, I, I just didn't get it. But and then he he's one of those people that listens to the crowd where if they're chanting one more time, he's going to pick somebody up and hit them with the F5 again. He, he F5 the referee. How is he not even at remotely close to being suspended? Because he's Brock Lesnar. It makes why. no sense, but. Now, I guess because of that low blow, Bray Wyatt's going to be coming for Bobby Lashley, which, again, makes no sense. Yeah, it's 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 weird. And I know they're trying to put their big mega stars on the big, one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time. But, like, it's it's just goofy, as you like to say. Large. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> I burped in the middle of that. So, um, Edge and Beth Phoenix pick up a victory over the Judgment Day. Um, I think the story out of this match wasn't, like, Edge just being Edge, but I think Beth Phoenix shined huge here. Yeah, it came out with the uh, um, Bull Nakano face paint. But, but I marked after that huge. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I like so, the spot where Rhea Ripley held up Dominic's arm so he couldn't tap. Kind of esque <laughs> yeah. to what we've seen before with. And uh, that crowd hated Dominic Mysterio. Oh, I didn't even. Well, it was. I think that was Toronto that uh, FTR did that. What? The, the tap spot where, like. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and Dominic got involved a few times, and like you said, the crowd, they, it, it just, I don't know how people think, like, Dominic, Dominic sucks. I almost said Domino's, because Domino's does suck. Because <laughs> it's a pizza product. It know. is. But uh, he tossed Rhea Ripley brass knuckles, and that didn't quite uh, get used. Beth Phoenix, I feel like, was late to break up the, the pin, but yeah, Edge okay. still got his shoulder up. Yes, yes, I know. So it's like, in that same sense, it's like, did she maybe miss the spot? Probably, but it didn't really affect it because Edge still got his shoulder up. Yeah, regardless, like, if you know the match is going to end, isn't going to end at that time, you got to get your shoulder up or do something or it's the referee or, you know, whatever it was. It, st- it still worked, but yeah. still, Edge, Beth, Phoenix pick up the victory. I think, you know, this isn't done between the Judgment Day and... Edge, I think maybe now a marquee matchup here for WrestleMania. You could have Brood Edge versus the Demon Finn Balor, but then you have that's, to have Finn Balor. What's that? That's a possibility. That's and it's going to be the entrances are going to sell that match. <laughs> but I, awesome. it's cool because like they they did spots together in the match, like uh, where Beth and Rhea both power bombed Edge and Finn Balor at the same, uh, th- did th- same time. Did we not talk about the Shatter Machine? Yeah, the ending. They won with the Shatter Machine. That was fantastic. I thought it was that had more. me. That's that's a hundred percent. That's a mark out moment. That that I was like, yeah. I was like checking Twitter. Is anybody saying this? Anybody saying this? 
<laughs> they called it the Shatter Machine, and I think Dax was like Shatter Machine, put like a heart or something like that. Yeah. Well, I I mean they're not gonna call it the Big Rig. No, they can't. Well, I'm sure I'm... they could, but yeah. So, but it's like you're just like it was just a a fantastic way to end that match. Yeah. No. So it's the same way. Now and what it's, I liked I, about now, this now the match, internet. Now it the was like there going were moments nuts. where I thought Judgment Day was going to win, and then there were moments where I thought Edge and Beth Phoenix were going to win. So I didn't go into this thinking like, oh, I went into this thinking one person would win, but then... Obviously, because what do you think? No one's going to win? Right. But it, <laughs> it had me like flip-flop throughout the match, and that's what... I mean, that's what all... all like, I don't want to know the, the outcome of a wrestling match before going in. Yeah. Well, so, I mean... To have that, it's like it's good to have stuff like that. Yeah, so awesome mixed jet mixed match challenge match, right? <clears throat> mixed match challenge. Okay, perfect. Uh, I wouldn't say perfect. Order... I that uh, was a little late on that. It's fine. And then took my sweet damn time to do it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and <laughs> your main events. Speaking of matches that you probably knew what the outcome were going to be. Uh, but we wanted a different outcome, and I think it was a huge letdown. Roman Reigns successfully defended his universe, WWE Universal Championship, Undisputed, whatever it is, against Sami Zayn. Um, I was texting a friend of the show, who I've been texting with a lot recently, Rich Franklin. Uh, Ringside oh. Reactions was our old uh, little podcast that we used to do with him. <laughs> he just sent me a text message at almost midnight just saying, boo, which I 100% agree with. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I know. Well, one ginger to another ginger of Sami Zayn. But um, I, the way I want to describe this, I don't want to say this was the best professional wrestling match of all time. I don't even want to say it was a match of the year candidate. But the story and the emotion that went into this match were uncomparable to anything that you really see nowadays in WWE, in AEW, on the Impacts. I mean, Impact, GCW. Um, They didn't even freaking lock in a hold for the first five minutes of this match. And this match was 30 minutes long. Yeah. And fans like, were, they were going absolutely nuts through the, after right after the introductions. It was like yeah. for that, like five minutes or whatever. Yeah. And it I was, don't know if it, like, was, if it was, was it, for... Elimination Chamber or on SmackDown, Sami Zayn at the press conference had said there was like a, a Bell Center historian there that said that he set the record for the most uninterrupted fan cheering in the history of the Bell Center. That's awesome. Good for him. But I don't know if it was from the Chamber start or if it was on SmackDown the, the, the night before. But yeah, but regardless, Roman that, got it was, huge. It was Sami Zayn. R- Roman got huge heat here. Um, and the story kind of, you know, played out where Roman got the victory here. I personally, and, you know, this is just being, you know, IWC wrestling fan here, but I feel like they should have put the title on Sammy. They couldn't. Why couldn't they have? They break the 900 plus day streak that Roman Reigns has for Sami Zayn, and then there goes Who Cody's has, WrestleMania. It That does not go Cody's WrestleMania. You have lightning in a bottle here. I think this buildup was has been better and bigger than Kofi Mania, has been bigger and better than the Yes Movement. Um, and 
you put the title on him till Mania. You make night one, Roman versus Sammy two, Roman, whoever wins this faces Cody. And you could have had Cody intertwined with all of these guys. But like, do I, do I understand Roman winning? Yes. Do I, do I understand Roman winning? Do, would I like to see Sammy's aim? Cause they would have gotten, I feel like with that, especially the ending of the match too, with the, the, the chair shots and Jey Uso coming in and the the spear and all that stuff, it deflated the crowd. And I feel like if Sami Zayn won that match, we, we I mentioned it a lot. And I talked about the gifts and you could have had a viral moment for WWE that would have went nuts. That would have trended for days. Yeah. But fans end. said they, they said the same thing at clash of the castle with clash at the castle with drew McIntyre. I was I, one of the people no, who thought McIntyre no. should have won there. No, but then you keep going with this and it's like Roman Reigns is the most dominant champion in modern day WWE history. Why on earth yes, break absolutely. that just to have somebody else win it at WrestleMania? I, I would not want to see that. I because I feel as again there's, as I said there's lighting in a bottle here. They should have they should have acted on it. But you know what? I like, understand I, that completely. But I don't think the storylines even the storyline to me isn't Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn or something yeah, like that. It's, it's, it's Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso from the start. So now do you think Roman should keep it at Mania and then lose it to Jey Uso? No, it's Roman Reigns losing it finally to Cody Rhodes. Why do you say finally to Cody Rhodes? Because that's who's going. Like, we were supposed to see probably a lot more from Cody Rhodes before he got injured. Yes. Whether or not Roman Reigns was even supposed to keep the championship until this year's WrestleMania, we have no idea. Yeah, I mean, but still, I feel like they they should have they should have pulled pulled the trigger on it. But that's just me. Am I ups, am I up super upset that Roman Reigns won? No, because I get it. You know, I'm stoked that Cody is gonna get you know self built superstar is gonna get his huge moment at WrestleMania. I'm not upset about it, but it's just like Sami Zayn's so hot right now. And I understand it was in his hometown and stuff like that. So that's the pop you're trying to get. But I feel like like after Roman won, like you could have brought it like. We said, like, afterwards, Kevin Owens comes out, kind of saves Sammy. But, like, no one really cared about that after match. Like, yeah, Kevin's out, but Sammy lost. So but they did, he didn't do it for Sammy. That, I thought that's, like, the the brilliant storyline writing of this angle. That it was, know, like, that, like, that, like, we're still the, waiting for that moment between Sammy and Kevin. And it's, it's that has not happened, and I'll speak more about it when I get to Monday Night Raw. But yeah, it's, like... The, the way that they wrote this, I thought, was fantastic. Yeah, so do I. But, like, did you see the, the Roman Reigns spreadsheet, Brandon? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's... That's uh, a bit uh, embarrassing, but... <laughs> why, is it, why is it embarrassing? <laughs> that somebody made a spreadsheet? Bro, are you kidding me? Come on. That's, uh, that's kind of embarrassing. To me, at least. I don't know. Did you make it? No, I are you that it. fellow on Reddit? I saw I saw it yesterday, and I, no, I saw it like Barstool posted about it. Uh, the reason why Roman Reigns' uh, championship reign hasn't been great is because of this. Here's a spreadsheet. No, but like I mean, Jey Uso interferences in uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Out Roman of Reigns tw- is a heel. He's doing heel stuff. Low blade, low blows. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches. I, I love the was Roman visibly beat and two of them are like possibly <laughs> um, but yeah I mean but all in all I feel like Elimination Chamber lived up to the hype regardless of the outcome of the main event or not also the one thing I still don't understand on Smackdown when Sami Zayn came out at the Bell Center 
he had his Worlds Apart theme song. And I'm like, yes, and I ha- so badly because to me, it's like a no brainer. You save that for the, the Elimination Chamber to get that big pop. I, I yeah, was but like, it's the first time in the Bell Center. I was so convinced that they did that on Friday night because we were about to hear Bouncing Souls and that just didn't happen. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. But the fans, Sorry. I mean, the fans were chanting that Olay chant and during his whole entrance. And it, it, it reminded me a lot of One Night Stand with John Cena and Rob Van Dam, but like multiplied. By like a million. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think what a that great was like event the biggest like non-WrestleMania match that we've seen in quite some time. Yeah, especially with Cena throwing his shirt out in the crowd and somebody just throws it right back to him and they go start to mark an ad over it. I yeah. mean, people people had uh, – well, this was the, the match, the, the WrestleMania match that I meant. But um, people even, like, copied that that if Cena wins, we riot sign. Somebody wrote it, wrote it out, like, perfectly. Somebody else it. wrote – the other one that I thought was really funny is if, uh, if Roman wins, we politely – Stay silent or whatever. I forget <laughs> and what. and leave our seats. Yeah, I thought that was yeah, good. Yeah, very very Canadian. It was very funny. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, everything went down. They they the, the stuff with Jay Uso teasing the the chair shot on Roman Reigns. Like Roman Reigns keeps turning his back on people with chairs, and it's like maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah, come on. <laughs> he threw it down, and yeah, everything I thought was so great. But that stuff with Jimmy Jimmy continuing to attack Sami Zayn, and I'm I'm I thought for sure we'd see Solo Sokoa involved in this. And he wasn't there at all. No. And I feel like that's even more perfect because you see um, Jimmy, also Paul Heyman, fantastic in this segment where he like tried to beat up on Kevin Owens. Yeah, I thought it was very funny. But Kevin Owens, he hits the stunner and and uh, Sammy hit Roman with that halluva kick. And I feel like that just like perfectly inches us closer to seeing Sammy and Kevin Owens taking the titles from the but Usos. No, but, like, you're going to put... Picture like, that in the main event of night one. That's not happening in the main event of night one. Uh, who knows? Night night one has to be Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. I don't know. Because I understand the story and stuff like that, but you're going to have that small little... You're going to have... Uh, I, I can't believe they're doing two nights of WrestleMania and they're not having the women headline one of that. WWE doesn't care about their women's division. I don't think it has you to know? be women headlining each... each uh, like, they, no. like, oh, if the men headline this one, the women have to do it this one. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, but it, Last I, like, year's WrestleMania, I, like, that, that wasn't a thing. Kevin Owens closed night one. Yeah, because it was against Stone Cold. There's a difference well. there. <laughs> I mean, this is a huge storyline that they've been building for but over also, nine too, months. But also, too, WWE doesn't care about tag team wrestling as much as other, you know. Uh, but that's, independent that's wrestling Triple H's makes... WWE maybe maybe does. Vince McMahon's still pulling the strings there, brother. We don't know anything. Yeah. Look at look at NXT. We've seen tag team wrestling be spotlighted beyond spotlighted. Uh, no one will pay attention to the new NXT, sorry. I didn't say new NXT. Yeah, because it's not good. Uh, but anyway, let's let's yeah, it is. It's a hundred percent true. Let's put a pin in elimination chamber. I thought it was. What do you give? One out of ten. What do you give it, Brandon? A one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to say we the ones. <laughs> Mark. I don't know. Eight point two. I don't know how to grade. All right, I, I can. Yeah. What is this pizza review? Well, I'll around. give it an eight. I thought it was. Eight's a very no, rookie score, Chris. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's good. It's. It's all PLE, you know? Whatever. whatever. But anyway, funny, I enjoyed it. It, was it had fun. the crisp. It, it had the crunch. There's no flop. 
dude, there's this place on art. Th- yeah, look at this undercarriage. Um, but oh, that's funny. But yeah, there was this place on Arthur Avenue. We gave a six seven to him. Like, what's wrong with you? I, well, see, I don't know. So, cause like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I can almost guess what his score is gonna be. Yeah, but uh, I just the fact that he gave Costco pizza so low, and he gave the the pizza at at um, Pizza Rizzo's such a, like a high score, yeah. and he hates Blaze because of I guess was it LeBron James or whatever. Yeah, so it's, Blaze it's, is a great pizza joint. It's not like the best. Like obviously never we're in New York, it's not a New York pizza, but Costco pizza is a hundred percent better. Like twenty thousand times better than Domino's could ever hope to be. Yeah. All right, so that was Elimination Chamber. So I'm going to step aside for now, and Brayden's going to take us the rest of the way. Two. No, no introduction to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it yourself, brother. Well, I Come thought on. You were gonna, I thought you were going to say two Monday Night Raw, and then I'd be like, Monday Night Nitro. Which kicked off with Sami Zayn, and he spoke about everything that happened. He said he knows that the story between him and the bloodline will never be over but they're in the final chapter and it's not just about him he he called kevin owens to the ring he wanted to say thank you and sorry to kevin he spoke about how kevin wanted to take down the bloodline and he just didn't listen to him and now Sami Zayn wants to see it crumble and he said the only way that gets done is if they do it together and kevin owens came out and he said that what he did on saturday was not for Sami Zayn. He did it for Sami Zayn's family. He did it because Sami Zayn's family was right there. Nobody did it for him at the Royal Rumble as his family watched it. His family was ringside, so he did it for Sami Zayn's family, not Sami Zayn. And he said, I'm done with you. Why don't you go ask Jay for help? And that, man, oh man. I thought that was fantastic. Because we'll still get there. We'll still get to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Usos, but... I just thought that was so well done. After that, Corbin, Baron Corbin attacked Sami Zayn as they went to commercial. And when they came back, he spoke about how Sami interrupted him last week and said that Sami Zayn doesn't have what it takes to to be in the ring with Roman Reigns. I have the last victory over Roman Reigns. I know what it takes. And then Adam Pearce was like, oh, well, whatever. Go on there down. Sami Zayn, he okayed the, the match or whatever. So Sami Zayn went down there, beat up Baron Corbin, picked up the victory. I think it was obvious that Sami was going over, but it wasn't a quick match like it was last week with Cody Rhodes. But Sami Zayn, I think, hit one of the best Huluva kicks I've ever seen in this match. So I thought that was pretty nice. After that, Rhea Ripley and Dominic were interviewed, and Byron brought up her and Finn Balor losing to Beth and Edge Phoenix at Elimination Chamber. And she said that she has uh, her unfinished business with, uh, with Beth, it's it's not with Beth, I mean. It's WrestleMania. That's her unfinished business. Rhea Ripley has Charlotte for the Women's Championship at WrestleMania. She said that Charlotte can keep living in 2020 right now. Uh, but for her, she's she's the best woman in WWE. So she's, that's what she's focusing on right now, the, the SmackDown Women's Championship. After that, Mustafa Ali picked up the victory over Dolph Ziggler. We've seen this for weeks now. Ziggler's trying to like hype up Mustafa Ali and get him to that next level. So Ali was like super sarcastic to him. And he was like, oh, maybe I'll take my vitamins and maybe I'll smile more and I'll come out with a victory. 
So he came out smiling. He he wanted a handshake from Dolph Ziggler. The match goes on though. Mustafa Ali ends up reversing the Famouser and rolled Dolph Ziggler for that quick victory. But with a smile on his face, regardless of whether or not it's fake, he got that that win. After that, Cody Rhodes came out, was immediately interrupted by Paul Heyman on the Tron. Scared the absolute hell out of me. I wasn't expecting anybody to talk, and it was like super loud. But he was in a neck brace because of what Kevin Owens did to Paul at at Elimination Chamber. And Paul said that Cody cannot beat Roman Reigns. And he also brought up that if Cody wins, how many days will he be away from his family? He brought up Dustin Rhodes saying... Even when Dusty was home, he wasn't actually home. But Cody's like, I have to finish the story. It's him winning at WrestleMania. It's it's me winning at WrestleMania. That's the end of this story. And I fully believe in that story. The only thing that I think would have been better for this story if it was at Madison Square Garden because that was one of those things where Dusty didn't win that championship at Madison Square Garden. So when he finally... They're going to be there before WrestleMania in March, so I don't know if they're going to end up announcing TV or something later down the line in 2023 or something. Um, But I hope when Cody's there, it's like a big, huge thing because it should be. After that, Asuka picked up the victory over Nikki Cross. Bianca Belair came out to watch this, but I feel like a majority of what happened was during a commercial. I like that middle rope DDT that that Asuka hit. Um, Also, I didn't really see Nikki Cross give up here. She was like smiling through the whole submission as if to say like she likes the pain perhaps. But the referee called for the bell. Bianca Belair got involved afterwards. She got to the ring and, and both her and Asuka just pointed at the WrestleMania sign. And then Asuka had the blue mist, like kind of playing games with Bianca Belair. She had the blue mist pouring from her mouth. WrestleMania, I think, is the time Asuka's going to take the title. Carmella was interviewed afterwards, and it was about what her WrestleMania will look like. And she's like, I haven't thought of a new plan to get there yet, but I'm challenging Asuka for next week. I don't think that's going to be getting her to WrestleMania, but there's that. Candice LeRae was interviewed later on and she was about to give us an update on Johnny Gargano after the Elimination Chamber match, but she ran off to ask Nikki Cross why she's been following her for the past few weeks. And Nikki, just very sad, goes, all of her friends are gone and she's alone. Candice did say Johnny will be back like a Marvel movie, but I don't know, are we going to see Sanity come back? Are we going to see Nikki Cross potentially join with uh, the way I don't know I'd like to see Sanity back I think that'd be pretty cool we saw MVP come out called Brock Lesnar a coward and then almost stepped into the frame and MVP said that almost is officially challenging Brock Lesnar for a match at Wrestlemania and to show up next week on Monday Night Raw if he has the intestinal fortitude I don't understand how like I said it bef- before how is Brock Lesnar not suspended And how is this going to be Brock Lesnar's WrestleMania match? (laughs) I don't know. We'll find out next week on Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins picked up the victory over The Miz. uh, And it seems like The Miz is now taking credit for Logan Paul taking Seth Rollins out. So that's why this match took place. 
And it wasn't a bad match, but I feel like not much really happened in it. Seth hit a few curb stomps on The Miz, and the referee actually called for the bell after the last one, so I thought that was a, a nice part to see. We had Ding Dong Hello with Damage Control, where Dakota Kai spoke about beating everybody and being champions for over 100 days, and then Becky Lynch interrupted and said that it's been forever since they defended the titles. And she wants to take those titles into WrestleMania with her. And Bailey joked about Becky Lynch not having friends. And then Lita showed up. So, I mean, even though Lita and Becky Lynch feuded, they're over that. Becky Lynch had apologized. We saw Lita help her during that cage match. And Lita now wants to walk into WrestleMania as champion as well. And then Bailey accepted on behalf of EO Sky and Dakota Kai. I thought we'd be seeing a six-woman tag match at WrestleMania with Trish Stratus included. I still hope to see that. I don't know when Trish is going to get involved. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I'm assuming next week after Trish and Lita, not Trish and Lita, after Becky Lynch and Lita lose that championship match and damage control retains, we'll see more. Well, we'll see Trish. Not next week, but but after that happens. Earlier in the night, Adam Pierce got a phone call from Chelsea Green. She ended up in Ottawa, Illinois instead of Canada, which I think is really funny. I feel like that's like a, a thing out of a video game. But it led to Alpha uh, American Alpha looking in, no, Alpha Academy looking in the mirror trying to figure out why Maximum Male Models didn't see anything in Chad Gable. And Bronson Reed interrupted, which sets up a match between Bronson Reed and Chad Gable, where Bronson Reed obviously picks up the victory. But, and again, it's been the same thing with Chad Week, Chad Gable for weeks. So it's like there wasn't really any reason to expect for him to win. But he had a lot of good offense in here. He hit that really nice German suplex onto Bronson Reed, which is something you don't really expect when you see a guy like Chad Gable going up against a guy like Bronson Reed. But Maxine showed up and it distracted Otis, which in turn distracted Chad Gable. And then Otis and Bronson Reed stood against each other at one point. So that I think could be a fun match. People are like, oh my God, I need to see this match. I need to see them tag up. So I think that would be pretty cool to see. Obviously, uh, I'd rather not see them as a tag team. But um, but yeah, natural disasters-esque team. I think that'd be, that'd be interesting. Uh, after that, Elias spoke and he wanted Rick Boogs to take notes because this is the time when stars and legends come out WrestleMania season and there's no bigger star than Elias Boogs was backstage taking notes but Elias asked who wants to walk with Elias at WrestleMania and then Bobby Lashley came out he took Elias out and said that everyone has a plan until the hurt lock and Brock had to resort to that low blow And if you disrespect him, he's putting them down, blah, blah, blah. So Brock and Bobby, I guess, aren't done, even though Bray Wyatt seemingly claimed Bobby Lashley because he lost the match, almost claimed Brock Lesnar. Who will Elias, now that he says the stars align or stars come out, will we see somebody like famous, somebody big coming back to do something with Elias? I think that'd be pretty cool. Although most likely it'd probably be Elias and Rick Boogs inside the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal doing something together. 
Main event saw Austin Theory pick up the victory over Edge to retain the United States Championship. Unexpected match that came out because of a press conference that, that was held after the PLE. Austin Theory issued the open challenge, and then Edge, later on when he was talking, accepted it. And it was a cool match to see. It was definitely something that I think helped elevate Austin Theory. Finn Balor got involved, and Austin Theory took advantage of that to pick up the victory. And then Finn Balor beat Edge down. John Cena, interestingly enough, is announced for Raw in Boston in in, uh, March. So we'll probably see some sort of buildup, perhaps, between Austin Theory and John Cena. Edge and Finn Balor seems like a lock for WrestleMania right now. So I'm pumped for that. Moving over to NXT, it opened with Ilya Dragunov picking up the victory over Trick Williams. Trick attacked Ilya before the bell, but we saw JD McDonough come out at one point. I think it was nice to see Trick actually have a match because it's pretty rare since we've seen him. I mean, we rarely see him wrestle. Uh, But there was no doubt in my mind that Ilya was picking up the victory there. Fallon Henley backstage was was, uh, calling Brooks to apologize. No answer. Josh Briggs was like, he just needs time. And she's like, I know what I need to do. I have to go apologize to Kiana in person, which she did do that later on. And she's like, why didn't you tell me about your brother? And she's like, I wanted you to trust me. And uh, Fallon just wants to get past it, obviously. And Kiana James called her jealous. So I don't quite trust that relationship. But Fallon Henley's looking to, to move past that and be actual tag team champions with her. We saw Mako Satamora training a bunch of the women in NXT. Roxanne Perez asked her to join the class. And Roxanne was pretty much the only person to, to last until the end of the warm-up. And she questioned Mako as to why she would help train her instead of like, I guess, be meaner to her or something. Because they have a match in two weeks for the NXT Women's Championship. And Mako said it comes from the heart and not the muscle. So I think that's an important lesson that Roxanne Perez will learn to overcome and pick up the victory over Mako Satomura. Zoe Stark, however, had some not nice things to say, and that sets up a match between her and Mako next week. So I think that's pretty cool. After that, Tyler Bate came out, spoke about his journey and how, uh, whatever, his journey, and then Schism interrupted that, kind of offered him a spot in the group. He turns them down. They surround the ring, and Ava's like, you have nobody. And then Chase U ran down to back them up and Tyler Bate and Carmelo had words later on. So that's a match next week. But the match after that was the Dyad picking up the victory over Chase U. And I think the Dyad controlled a good chunk of this match before the commercial break. Post-commercial break, I think Chase U owned it. But Ava started to distract Thea Hale, which led to Andre Chase tagging out to focus on Ava. And then the dyad took advantage of that. And Duke was pissed off. He's like, she needs to grow up. Alluding to Thea Hale being scared of schism. And then he questioned if Chase U, if, 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 is, it, is Chase U a, a charity? A university or charity? So there's some, uh, some, some uh, stuff going on there. After that, Drew Gulak was interviewed about Hank Walker and everything, and he said that Hank Walker is not his friend. He came to NXT to find the best of the best, and it's not Hank. 
It defines Charlie Dempsey. So now they're together. After that, Indy Hartwell lost via disqualification to JC Jane. I think this was a good first solo match for JC, the new JC. I think she needed the victory. I don't think she needed to win via disqualification, though. I understand the, the DQ, though. I like that the, 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 the boot that she did to Gigi Dolan on Ding Dong Hello, she did to Indy Hartwell here. So it looks like that'll be a move for her continuing on in her solo career. But Gigi ended up attacking JC, causing that disqualification. I feel like that could have just happened post-match to make JC look stronger. But she basically had the match won regardless. After that, Gallus picked up the victory over Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade. Two guys came out with cake that had no effect on the match. But well, the match itself was like three minutes long. Inofi hit a really nice elbow drop here. But we found out afterwards that they were sent from Pretty Deadly for the two-year anniversary for Gallus losing to Pretty Deadly. They end up getting dropped. Pretty Deadly shows up from behind with chairs and they beat the heck out of Gallus. So that furthers their storyline. Dabakato had a video where he said that Apollo Crews spent months looking into the future and forgot about him in the past and said that he helped Apollo Crews win the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. And what did Crews do to, to return the favor? He forgot about Dabakato and went to NXT. So now we have reasons as to why Daba did what he did to Apollo. Earlier in the, the night, Von Wagner and Robert Stone were talking. Von said that he's there to, to kick ass and take names, and Stone was like, yeah, real original. And he was upset with that answer. Tony D'Angelo and Stax walked in angry because Von Wagner cost him the North American Championship match. And it led to a challenge, and Von first turned it down, eventually accepted, which again pissed Robert Stone off. And then Tony D'Angelo picked up the victory over Von Wagner. And Robert Stone was very annoyed that Von Wagner took this match, and that that's the conflict of the match. That's the main storyline in this match. He's even more annoyed when, when Tony D'Angelo picks up the victory. So I don't want to see Von Wagner and Robert Stone split apart, but something's happening there. Tony D'Angelo was interviewed later on and he put Stacks over for having his back and, and instead of answering the Wesley Open Challenge last week, he went and helped out Tony D'Angelo. And then he spoke about Jack and challenged him to a match at Roadblock, which I guess was not this week, to a jailhouse street fight. So... It looks like we'll see Tony D'Angelo versus Dijak in that match in two weeks. We saw an interview with Nikita Lyons, and she said that she doesn't know who took her out. She'll be out for 11 to 12 months. Tiffany Stratton interrupted her and basically just like, ew, why are you here? And I think she plays her character very well. Diamond Mine, we saw Tatum and Ivy talking backstage And Tatum kind of had second thoughts about whether or not she was a team, I guess, part of Diamond Mind. She didn't even think she was going to be going to the ring with Ivy for her match. But Alba Fire picks up the victory over Ivy Nile. 
Isla got up on the apron, which led to Tatum Paxley doing the exact same thing on the opposite side. Except Ivy got bumped into her and she flew off the apron. And Alba Fire won there. And I don't want to see Diamond Mine break up. I don't want to see Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley break up as a team. So it seems like that's where it's leading to. I, I don't want to see that happen. Unless maybe Isla Dawn does some sort of hex or something on Tatum Paxley and she ends up joining them as a trio. After that, Wesley was interviewed and he said that he's issuing another open challenge for next week. I don't know who it's going to be, uh, but I'm looking forward to them. I'm, I'm a big fan of the open challenges, as Wesley had said in this in this interview. Main event of NXT saw Braun Breaker pick up the victory over Jinder Mahal to retain the NXT championship. I liked that they brought up Jinder Mahal losing to Seth Rollins in the inaugural tournament to crown the first NXT champion. But we saw the Creeds run down to fight with Indus Sheer here. I had much higher hopes for this match. But I feel like it just it wasn't long enough for me. There wasn't enough in it. I liked Braun Breaker reversing the Coloss into the spear to, to win the match. Uh, but I felt like it needed more. Carmelo Hayes, I think for like a split second, was there staring down Braun Breaker. But then Grayson Waller did the thing from the Super Bowl commercial where it made it look like somebody clicked on the remote. And he hijacked, hijacked the production truck. And he wants a Grayson Waller effect at Roadblock with Shawn Michaels. I don't think this is going to lead to a match where Shawn Michaels is going to wrestle Grayson Waller. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll be like Dragon Lee versus Grayson Waller. Or maybe somebody else where like loser leaves NXT or something like that. I have no idea. But we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I'm going to move over to SmackDown. Jimmy Uso was interviewed as he arrived. And he said he hasn't spoken to Jay all week. But he left him several messages to meet him in the ring on SmackDown so he can get whatever off his chest. Later on, Jimmy spoke with Solo Sokoa and said that it feels different since Elimination Chamber. And Paul said maybe him and and Solo should stay in the back and just have it be Jimmy and Jay face-to-face. So that we'll talk about, or I'll talk about, I'm the only person here (laughs) in a moment. First match of the the show saw Imperium pick up the victory over Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and Madcap Moss in what was a very live event team, a video game stable perhaps. But I went into this match with no doubt in my mind that Imperium would win. McIntyre came out to watch, and the match itself I didn't think was bad, it's just not one that I care for on television. Viking Raiders attacked Drew McIntyre afterwards. Sheamus made the save and then uh, Viking Raiders attacked him as well. And Braun Strowman and Ricochet made the ultimate save for McIntyre and Sheamus. After that, LA Knight came out and he said he's not here for a WrestleMania moment. He's here for money. He's here for championships. And New Day interrupted that and it led to a match where Kofi Kingston picked up the victory over LA Knight. And it felt a lot like the last match. Not one that you'd normally see on TV. A lot longer than I expected though. And I did think that 
LA Knight was going to win at one point, but he went outside and attacked Xavier Woods, and that was kind of the downfall. He had a short, quick recovery, but Xavier Woods ended up distracting him with the trombone to pay him back for the attack that happened moments before that. Uh, Earlier in the night, Rey Mysterio was interviewed, and he said he's going to end carrying cross. Santos interrupted and said that he has respect for Rey Mysterio and then Dominic and Rhea Ripley interrupted and called it pathetic and Santos said that he'll teach Dominic some respect so maybe that's going to be a match coming up I don't know but Charlotte and Rhea Ripley have their face to face and Charlotte ends up calling out Rhea Ripley only to have Dominic come out instead and he put over how how strong Rhea Ripley is Charlotte kind of mentioned Andrade here which I popped for But Dominic compared him and Charlotte to each other and said that they're a lot alike. And Ric Flair was brought up and Charlotte was like, I actually like my father and if he was here, he would kick your butt. But since he's not and she goes to step up to him, then Rhea Ripley finally comes out. Dominic gets her to leave the ring. She gets back in the ring, goes face to face with her. I liked this whole segment. Even though we didn't get like the face-to-face that I thought we were going to get. I thought this was a really good segment. After that, Shayna Baszler picked up the victory over Natalia. Tegan Knox was out there with Natty. Um, they were both in the trainer's room earlier in the day. And Tegan overheard the doctor and Natalia. And since Ronda Rousey would be out there with Shayna Baszler, she'll go out there for Natalia. And this match was over pretty quickly. Shayna made Natty tap, and then she hit Tegan Knox off the apron. And Tegan was able to save Natalia from Ronda Rousey's attack right before she went to attack her. So next week, I think Ronda Rousey's going to be facing... Uh, no, Ronda Rousey, um, it's going to be a tag team match, I believe. After that, we had a Firefly Funhouse segment. Uh, it was not the same Firefly Funhouse that we've seen. Somebody was playing with Undertaker figures... And then they cut to Bray Wyatt looking perhaps like a producer watching his promo from last week. And then it cut to Bobby Lashley talking from Monday Night Raw and then Funhouse News and Uncle Howdy did weather. I think there was a new masked Bray Wyatt on there. And he played a game show called Can You Keep a Secret? I have not a clue what to make of it at all. Main event saw Karrion Cross pick up the victory over Rey Mysterio. I liked that at one point, Karrion Cross saw a Rey Mysterio fan on the outside and did a move to Rey Mysterio in front of that fan. I thought that was pretty funny. I also liked uh, the, the I don't know, what Karrion Cross was going to the, I guess to the middle rope probably with Rey Mysterio. Rey ends up reversing it with the Hurricane Rana off the top rope. I like that. But Rey sets up eventually for a 619. Scarlet got up on the apron and gets bumped into the ring which I thought was interesting, and Ray was quickly distracted with that, but goes for another 619. The referee was distracted with that, and Dominic pulled Ray Mysterio out of the ring, and then Karrion Cross quickly won after that. And Dominic begged Ray Mysterio to hit him afterwards, and he kept pushing Ray Mysterio, kept pushing, pushing. Finally, Ray Mysterio puffs up his chest, gets in Dominic's face, but he still couldn't punch Dominic. So that just furthers their storyline. And SmackDown closed with the Usos. Jimmy came out and said that there's a bunch of rumors about cracks in the bloodline 
and he can't do it alone. He needs Jay to come out there, but Sammy showed up and said that he's not there to fight. He's there to talk to Jimmy, and he said that it was Jimmy who saw value in him. It was Jimmy who made him an honorary Uso. Without Jimmy, there's no Sammy Uso or anything. But there was zero hesitation to take him down at the Royal Rumble when Sammy did what he did. And to Sammy Zayn, that he said it hurt. And Jimmy yelled that he had no choice. He had to do that. And Sammy Zayn said that Roman Reigns manipulates people. And Jey Uso showed up and it distracted Sammy Zayn. And Sammy also told Jimmy that there was a way out for him. But Jimmy chose to clock Sami Zayn in the face. Jay made his way down to the ring, uh, well, ringside area, and Sami hit him with a haluva kick. He was distracted by Jay. And then Solo came out and Sami left. But not before sharing a look with Jay. And we know next week on SmackDown, Roman Reigns is going to be there. So the fallout from that will be next week. And that's SmackDown. I thought it was a good segment. Uh, not a, not a great episode of SmackDown, but it had good segments. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break now and I'll be right back with Chris here on Marking Out. This is the greatest tag team of all time, FTR. And we're here on Marking Out podcast. You got Cashier, one half of the living legends, one half of the FTR, one half of the seven star icons. And we think you should check out this podcast here, Marking Out. Top guys out. And I'm back. It's better than ever. No, I'm not. But uh, it's Chris here back on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Still with Brandon. Um, and before we get to AEW, yes, in the beginning of the show, we spoke about uh, Elimination Chamber. After Elimination Chamber, though, there was more wrestling. If you want to stay up till like 3 o'clock in the morning, because New Japan had a uh, battle in the Valley, which was hyped up by one match. Uh, I, I don't want to go over the entire card. There's only two matches that I really want to highlight here. First and foremost, we have a new IWGP Women's Champion in Mercedes Monet, defeating yes. Kyrie. So bravo to her. That, uh, uh, by the way, I'm, that's like part of my markout moment of the week. She wore tribute gear to Hana Kimura. Yes. And I, I thought that was really cool. I also popped for her using the Bailey to belly. Yes. I know everybody was like kind of popping for that. So, and for me, that felt like NXT Takeover Brooklyn, where the women should have closed the the, the event then, rather than Okada and Tanahashi, because they yeah. were not. No offense, to Okada and Tanahashi, they were not better than Mercedes and Kyrie. I understand like that, but Owens, again, no offense to Kevin Owens and Finn Balor, but it's it's just not. This was the match that sold the event. I know that this is the only uh, match that they announced when tickets went on sale and it sold the place out. Because people know they were going to see something special. And they did. But at least they, they closed the, the show with uh, Mercedes and Okada holding arms up and celebrating like they were part of the Mixed Match Challenge. <laughs> maybe maybe Mercedes becomes a member of Chaos. Who knows? <laughs> um, know. And, and speaking of members of factions, because this is the only other match I really want to talk about, Jay White is officially done with anything New Japan Pro Wrestling as he lost to Eddie Kingston. There have been rumors swirling since, I think, the beginning of the year. And especially after that loss to Tangaloa, um, and now against Eddie Kingston, it looks like Jay White is heading somewhere. We don't know where, but he's on his way out, um, as he lost to Eddie Kingston. So, um, And then and- David Finley. 
Yeah, Evan shows Tate. up, clocks him with the shillelagh. I, I'm like beyond lost at that. Like, I, he didn't take ownership You're... of the Bullet Club, but like, no one did. And I think it's time. I don't know if much... it's gonna be Juice though. I don't know what. I don't know if Juice will be I like. Think the, it's he'll t- step up as the leader. Well, I mean, the true underboss is Fale, but you know, but I think, and it pains me to say this, I think it's time to put the Bullet Club down. <laughs> sorry that's been said for years i know it's been said for years but now especially with jay white leaving and you know we had anderson and gallows back in and now they're back in wwe and it's just like i like what still technically in though what's that they are still technically in yeah they're still technically in but and apparently me yim is technically in the bullet club as well so who knows I don't know, but I think it's time for like, uh, what's Samurai Suzuki's faction that they just split up recently? Um, but whatever. But that was it. Jay White looks like he's going somewhere that's not New Japan. Congrats to Mercedes Monet. Um, Cody and- Rhodes wins the the WWE Championship night after WrestleMania. <sighs> Jay White debuts. I want the championship. I don't think that's a no. I don't think so at all. Not Not at all. all. But not at all. Wait, Cody Rhodes wins the title the day after WrestleMania. No, Cody wins it at WrestleMania. Then yeah, but you said after WrestleMania, boom, Jay White. No, I don't see that regardless. (laughs) I I don't think honestly, and I don't think that I don't think WWE would push him the way that they would. He would be pushed at like an Impact or I I I think Jay White would be pushed um, to a higher level than he would than than Uh, you would maybe assume. Uh, no, I don't oh. think maybe like WWE Championship because there's like maybe not really any room right now for that. But why not have him go out and do stuff with Gallows and Anderson? It could lead to a, a um, Jay White versus AJ Styles feud or something when I AJ's like ready that. to come back. Yeah, I would like that. So, um, And yeah, apparently there's a lot of big names in the house for uh, New Japan. Oh, <laughs> no way, Jose. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, there was a picture of him. Like uh, everyone was like marking out over him, being like the uh, the bleachers. Did you did you did you happen to see that photograph of the fan line to meet CM Punk? No, I didn't. Just I let the man. Like if CM Punk is showing up at a, a show to sit in the crowd, don't bother him. Yeah, him and Lars Fredrickson hanging out. Also, uh, quite funny that Kenta was like, "Oh, I heard my biggest fan was here to see the real go to sleep." Yeah, there we go. Perfect. I thought that was funny. Kota, uh, Kenta's facing Josh Alexander this weekend at Impact Tapings. Mm. Yeah, that's gonna be a, that's a match that's gonna slap. But um, yeah, that that uh, with uh, Mercedes Monet and uh, or Mercedes Money, I don't know how to say the last Monet. name. And uh, Kyrie Sane, I would say that would might have been like a top five match for her. Yeah, for sure. I thought right. that that was a, so, uh, I thought it was a really well done match and good on her for going out there and doing what she wants to do. Yep. Absolutely, and apparently they're trying to sow the seeds for a Mickey James uh, Mercedes Monet match. I've yeah. been seeing that uh, go about. So, all right, let's get to AEW. The um, elite, the the e elite successfully defended their trios tag team championships in a very fun gimmicky basketball trios match against Top Flight and AR Fox. I like the basketball stuff. Was I? You know, it was cheesy, yes, but like I thought it was fun. Especially seeing this match again and seeing these guys wrestle again. So. It was very Space Jam esque. Um, yes, it was very Space Jam esque. I like the match, you know. I, But, you know, bigger story after the match Brody King, Malachi Black are on the stage and when the lights come back on. And it looks like 
and I think we've been saying this for a couple weeks, we said, we didn't mention it last week, but, like, there was that backstage promo that set this match up, and there was a, f- a little flicker of the House of Black showing up on the screen, so it looks like uh, the next opponents for the House of Black, I mean, for the Trios Championships will be the House of Black. Yeah, they, laid the, they laid the challenge out on Dynamite. So. Yes, they did. They did lay it. So... That's up for that. Uh, next up, next match you had, Absolute Rookie starts picking up a victory over Daniel Garcia. Um, keeping this feud with the Jericho Appreciation Society going. Yeah, Sammy Guevara got involved. Action Andretti. Action? Did I say action? It sounded weird. Action Andretti got in, uh, involved. He made the save. Um, yeah. I, I just, I feel like next we up, should uh, Sammy, see more Sammy wrestling. Sa- with this, but they're sports entertainers. That's no, no. Well, yeah, well... He go. he threw that uh, that awesome spear though to the back of Sammy Guevara. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, I've never liked never liked Ricky Starks more. <laughs> uh, no, you made a uh, No, it was Action who who speared the back of Guevara. Oh yeah, true. Well, still, I've never liked Action and Dreddy more. <laughs> but then it led to and, Sammy wanting a match against Ricky Starks. I don't know why it wouldn't lead to a match against. No, he Ricky said he wanted, wanted a match with Action and Dreddy for next week. Yeah, I thought he said against Ricky Starks. Yeah, well, Sammy doesn't know how to talk, so. Well, I mean. So, anyway, main event time. So, Swerve Strickland pick up the victory over Dustin Rhodes. These guys have had a back-and-forth feud. Swerve, no, you Dustin know. won. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Via disqualification. but Via disqualification because. Awesome uh, face you know, paint in this match. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was got... um, Rhyme yeah. Jack Skellington-esque. Uh, but with red. Well, I was, was more red? like a pumpkin to me. Yeah, okay. But he got busted open in this, basically had the match won, and then Parker attacked Dustin, took out look. security, they, they they went to do the stomp with the cinder block, and Keith Lee returned. I don't know where Trench was. He wasn't there. I mean, no, I but they, they mentioned, like, they mentioned, like, oh, inconspicuous by his absence is Trench, and then, like, afterwards, like, during, like, Keith Lee coming out, maybe uh, Keith Lee beat up Trench, so that's why he wasn't out here. Oh, I thought they were alluding to Dustin maybe beating him up last week, but no. Remember, he Trench turned into a great camera guy for that segment. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. definitely remember that segment. Remember <laughs> <laughs> the camera. But yeah, Keith Lee is back, and uh, I I definitely wasn't expecting that. And it's funny because this was a, a taped episode. Normally, you hear like rumblings of stuff that happened. I didn't. Yes, I didn't hear Keith Lee. That's pretty funny though. No. Uh, and then it's to me, it's almost a shame that Dustin is in AEW with everything that's going on with Cody and WrestleMania. Because, yeah, like, I know. When, I that I understand. That when I'll, Cody I'll give you, needs I'll give backup you against the Bloodline, like Goldust, I think would be perfect. And then there's uh, some rumblings I'm I'm seeing where people are like, "Well, maybe he's going to be getting inducted to the Hall of Fame this year." It's I in don't... Hollywood. Hollywood's where Goldust was from. He's been mentioned but... on TV. A lot lately, even on this week's Monday Night Raw with Paul Heyman, he was mentioned. Yeah. So, I think it'd be very cool to see Dustin Rhodes, Goldust go into the WWE Hall of Fame. But I year. think I think the main attraction for, especially for Hollywood, I think is going to be Batista. Oh, yeah, of course. Batista, I mean, long overdue. He was supposed to go in and then COVID happened, so. Yes, and he declined, so. So, but solid yeah, wrestling. I, I think that'll, he'll be the leader. Yes. AEW Ramp, AEW Dynamite this week was not in Texas for the first time in a long time. It was at the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I thought this crowd was great uh, compared to last week's non-crowd. Uh, and you started well, last at- week's crowd had like a lot, maybe like half the people there, no? Yeah, but anyway, hot crowd this week and a hot start to the, the 
the show as Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy successfully defended his All-Atlantic Championship against Wheeler Yuta. This match was set up on Rampage in a backstage promo. Mark Henry's talking to Orange Cassidy. Wheeler Yuta saying, oh yeah, you want me to be your friend? You want me to be a joke? You know, that, then he challenged him. And I thought this match was incredible. And I say yeah. this every single week. I think AEW does a really good job of like bringing the opening contest to be an awesome match. And this match was great. But um, uh, yeah, Claudio made his way ringside and he slaps Wheeler Yuta. I like it. Like, yeah, and then Orange Cassidy's like, he just wants to be friends. Yeah. And that and pissed showed, Wheeler Yuta off. And I mean, and you saw like at the end of the match where Yuta was like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe going to the. Uh, Maybe oh, gonna I'm, hug him. Yeah, maybe gonna hug him, and he doesn't. And Claudio was like, "Get out of here right now! Come out of here!" Like, come like out a, of here, pal. Almost like a scold. He was like scolding a little kid. Like, don't you I know. goddamn dare do that! <laughs> and he made he made Wheeler you to leave before he could do anything with like a hug or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, you know, he's just saying he's not friends. So maybe this will, maybe this will be a little uh, a story arc here with Wheeler Yuta. Or and he maybe finally he, snaps. He's like, enough. Maybe we'll see Orange kind of Cassidy like Ruby face. Soho, oh, and then he has okay. to pick sides. Yeah, imagine uh, we see Orange Cassidy versus Claudio. Bruh, that match brought to you by Chikara. So, <laughs> anyway, after this, you had R- Ricky Starks making his way out to the ring to talk about Chris Jericho. Said he's done with Chris Jericho. He doesn't. Chris Jericho doesn't want to have a rematch with me, so he has his open contract. He has a saying that against me for a match at Revolution, I thought we were going to get, like, somebody else come out, but Jericho makes his way to the ring. What do you think? I'm stupid? And then Pierre Avalon makes his way to the ring to accept the open challenge, and Jericho hits him in the face with a spiked jacket. Yeah, with the Judas effect. And then then Starks basically goaded Jericho into signing the contract, and Jericho even wrote in a stipulation that the Jericho Appreciation Society will, will stay in the back for the match. Maybe we'll see a new member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Maybe Action Andretti, uh, you know, does the the, the heel turn. Don't but we don't need another that. member of the Jericho Appreciation no. Society. After that, though, we saw the acclaimed pick up the victory over the firm. The guns Just, attacked Billy yeah. during the match, and then they recovered and won. Yeah, that's all I got to say Big about Bill. that. Just hype it. Big Bill, the, the rap I thought was funny with, uh, with uh, Max Caster saying that he spoke to his woman i don't know if he's a girlfriend fiance well they're they're engaged now they had lexi there yeah and he said that uh she she had told him that he is s-a-w-f-t soft and then soft was trending on twitter i thought that was funny good it looked like it popped big bill too it probably did (laughs) i liked him scissoring himself in the middle of the ring he's like oh yeah big bill did that i don't i didn't even see that so uh yep anyway Tony Schiavone was there to interview Christian and he was making his way out and Jungle Boy took him out out of nowhere with that spear. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, hype it. Listen, and then he left. Good. And he came back with two chairs and it looked like he was going to hit him with that concerto. Took too goddamn long and Christian Lowe blowed him, hit him in the face with the chair and then smashed his head into the chair over and over again, busted him open. So to me, what started out great again makes Jungle Boy look like a moron, and it's been so many times in this feud where he's looked like a moron. I don't well, understand why that there has to be There has to be a big blow-off here to make him not look like a moron. You know, I just like, it's so many times where it's like, hey, brother, maybe uh, maybe work a little faster. Hey, 
Listen. The next time they'll, they'll be at Revolution, it'll be Christian versus Jungle Boy. What's uh, We're going to see the return of Luchasaurus. Yeah, probably. He's like, do I trust you? Should I not trust you? It's like, brother, don't trust him. Or maybe I don't we'll have Jurassic the return Express of Judas return. Judas or whatever his name was. What was his indie name before? Uh, uh, I don't know. I was going to say Judas Priest, but that's not. Uh, nope, that's a that's great band. <laughs> after Women's that, Action, after this. Go ahead, Brandon. Soraya picked up the victory over Sky Blue. Yep. And uh, Tony Storm got involved early on in the match, but Sky Blue was able to recover from that. But she got involved again. And broke up any chance that Sky Blue had of, of winning here. Yeah. And it led to Soraya winning with the but did you Did you think that Sky Blue was going to win this match? No, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely. so it's like... Zero percent chance, no. So, so, yeah. I wasn't expecting Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker to run down to, like, save Sky Blue from the DX green spray paint. Yeah. But so that I, was I, unexpected. Essentially, it's just a setup. It's going to be Jamie Hayter versus... Ruby Soho, Ruby Soho versus yeah. Soraya. Because she also she also came down and signaled that she wants the title. We all want the title. I want the title. I don't need that championship. Pal. I know. You need the NXT UK championship. Yeah, it's the retired championship. A tear in my eye. <laughs> a tear in my eye. Uh, it's been a very long feud between MJF and Brian Danielson. And Brian Danielson came down to the ring this week to talk about his match coming up at the about Iron MJF's match. promo from last week. And, the, and that too, about his promo from last week. And then MJF comes out and says that, uh, you know, he hates him, you know, because he has everything that he wants. He has a, a wife. He's got two kids. Um, you know, he loved a woman and everybody immediately thought it was Alley Catch. <laughs> um, but no, um, apparently the chick that he was recently engaged to, they broke it off. Yeah, apparently, according to you know re- reliable source re- sources, that uh, it was broken up. I don't know nothing about it, so allegedly it happened. MJF also said that the only thing keeping him from basically overdosing on pills is the AEW Championship. I feel like suicide shouldn't be part of a storyline on TV. Especially, like isn't, that. It, isn't it? Isn't it Mental Health Month? I'm not sure, but that's um, even but... worse if it is. And it's like but, if that and, and, if that's the case, like what? Why? Like that sounds like your your champion needs help. Yeah. Um, well, he's a heel, you know. But it's still, like, like that, like suicide isn't something to like. I don't think like uh, nah. it just I, that comes off bad to me. But I thought like this promo was a lot better than the racist MJF that we've been getting over past weeks, especially like at the end where he like looks in the camera and he's talking to MJF, uh, talking to Brian Danielson's kids and said he's gonna give him CTE, and then. Brian Danielson legitimately kicked it out of him. Like, there is, like, he, like, was stiffing him hard. That sounds terrible the way I said that, but, like, he was really getting some shots in, especially that last shot that looked like, like, it legitimately knocked out MJF. I don't know if that was planned or not, or the way that it was sold. It was great, and it just makes you think that Brian Danielson... It gives you a shred of hope that Brian Danielson might win the AEW Championship at Revolution. He's not going I just, to. I don't see that, yeah. I don't see it, but, like, that... Like, even, like, next week, like, oh, Brian... He could, MJF could come out and be like, Brian Danielson legitimately, legitimately hit me last week. I'm not clear to wrestle, blah, 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 blah. So... Anyway. I just I wish that they went with what I thought was going to happen originally, where Brian was just going to be when when we saw him all bloodied, it would just be like MJF took him 
out until the match at Revolution. I wish that's because yeah. this build, this build for this match has been like shark jump the shark jump the shark jump the shark over and over again and it's like i, I don't think it jumped the shark a hundred percent when he it started was, doing that racist talking stuff, that it has wrestling between these two guys i just i don't even think it needs the wrestling stuff I, they they like started the storyline too soon or whatever yeah so. because they didn't have enough like the, the, it's like we know the end game but we don't know what we're putting in the middle yeah they were just like filled in like, random uh, underpants spots. gnomes like step for one, me it, it could have underpants step it, two Select step three profit. <laughs> so. After that, though, we saw Triple J win the tag team battle royale to move on to Revolution as one of the tag team uh, tag teams in that that fatal four way. I'm about this. Mark Briscoe came out and fought with Josh Woods back to the uh, fought him to the back, so their feud's not done. That's nice that AEW did that. Yep. Although absolutely. I assume maybe we'll see that uh, play off on. I don't know if that'll play off on uh, AEW TV or. Ring of Honor. Well, I know Honor this weekend. Um, this weekend is uh, I believe uh, Ring yeah. of Honor tapings. I think so. Yeah. So cool. You got to see Aussie Open in the match, which I thought was cool. Yeah. I mean, well, you just don't like. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't. Side. I don't like Aussie Open. I like. Would you, would you say I don't like Japan? Yeah, you don't like New Japan. I mean, I stayed up watching Battle in the Valley. <laughs> yeah, seven years ago. Oh wait! Oh, Battle of the Valley. I thought you were talking about wrestling. You did stay up and watch it. Wow! Bravo! Good to good for you. You must have had a hard time in this match, though. You must have been torn with Butcher eliminating both Alex Reynolds and John Silver. No, because I wanted Butcher. I wanted either Butcher and the Blade or Best Friends to win. Um, No offense to Johnny and Alex, but again, I think I feel like the Butcher and the Blade have been getting a little bit of a push. And also that promo video, I don't know if you saw it, that Best Friends did. He's like, yep, we have not done anything ever. And we're not going to make any promises that we may not win. Well, it came down to Triple J and it came down to Trent. And uh, you know what? Like the, he- the heelish tactics got the win. Heelish tactics yeah. here, though. I don't know why Satinum and Sanjay just didn't like right off the bat get involved. When it was just two on one, brother, just both of you, you were four on one. Yeah. You could have just gotten him out of the ring there. But I think we spoke about... Triple J needing to be one of those teams in that match at Revolution. Because, but now what you could, now next week you're going to have another, like, Battle Royal or it's something like that. It's Battle Royale, I think. So now, like, if you really want to tie all this together, you have the best friends win that. Because they've had problems with Double J, Triple J. Um, the Guns have had problems with the Acclaimed. The Acclaimed have also yeah. had problems with Triple J. Like, it, you can really bring a big story to this match. And it'll be a fun... You can have Danhausen influence on the outside. You can have Billy Gunn influence on the outside. You know, it can, this, this is a match that could definitely be a lot of fun at Revolution. The especially thing with that all the I was shocked with that, with that uh, Triple J victory there, they didn't have the... The Golden Globe with them, but or wasn't at least that, I didn't see it. Wasn't that didn't Danhausen take that back last week? Or I don't know. I don't remember Danhausen taking the Golden Globe. So um, after that, Tony Khan had a very important announcement where he brought in Adam Cole to then make the announcement where he announced that AEW's having a new reality TV program called AEW All Access where uh, Adam Cole will make his in-ring return the same night it debuts next month in March. Yeah, I'm about it. I like it. It's it's got Britt and Adam Cole. It's got Ty and Sammy. It's got Eddie Kingston. Probably has Darby Allin. I know. No, I don't think they, they... Well, they didn't specifically mention him. They mentioned Wardlow. So yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I don't know why, I mean, 
that that report came out where TBS or Warner Brother Discovery is like looking to do outside projects with with uh, like outside of wrestling projects with the AEW cast. Okay. Roads to the top didn't do so hot for the network, so I don't Listen, know what. Who ca- a who cares about the ratings? But anything I, is I think better. The network would. Anything's better than slap fight. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. There we go. And then and Adam Cole being back in the ring is fantastic too. I'm about this. You know, I'm about this. I think I'm a lot of people see- were let down though, because like when when Tony know, Khan was New building Jack, the everyone, announcement, everyone's, everyone's talking Forbidden Door two. Forbidden well, Door two. Well, that that's also something that that. Uh, I think it was Spectrum. It showed up on their their pay per view list this week in yeah. June. So that's what people like. Oh, that's a hundred percent going to be that. It's going to be Mercedes Monet coming in. It's going to be so and Jay White, Kota Ibushi. It's going to be this, that, that, and then Tony Khan's like, "Well, I actually don't have the announcement. It's Adam Cole's announcement." Yeah, but it's good to put out. Just Adam do Cole the press TV. release at ten a.m. You don't need to take up TV time for that. Who cares? Who cares? You're, you're somebody that spent time on this podcast reviewing Total Divas every week. So That's not accurate at all. Yes, it is. You no. definitely spent time. didn't spend any time reviewing Total Divas. Yes, you did. No. Yes, you did. All right, whatever. Zero percent chance. Regardless, here's one thing that we can agree upon, though. The fact that I think blood in AEW has jumped the shark. As John Moxley <laughs> picks up a victory over Evil Uno in a, a very bloody match. Um, I liked the enthusiasm out of Evil Uno at the, in the beginning of this match. He came in as a ball of fire, whips off, you know, throws his vest off, throws it at Mox. And at the end of the day, it was John Moxley uh, getting the W here after a very bloody match. And I think AEW, uh, and I'm somebody that, you know, uh, enjoys AEW programming, um, but I feel like the use of blood is just over with. I'm over it. I think Every, that was like, three people on Wednesday. I know. Like, they, they really have, like, like, I understand, like, I, I understand, like, hey, and also, too, the side note here, Dark Order got new music? And Hangman Page. Dark Order music. got, yeah, Dark Order got new music. Even more random was after that when Hangman made the save. Like, where does that new music come from out of nowhere? I know, and I feel like that was a bad... A hundred percent. Why do you do that on a random run-in? It, you, had, you had two minutes, not even two minutes. There was like a minute left. Blackpool Combat Club joined in, and then Hangman finally like joins the fight or whatever to show that he's with Dark Order. Previous, uh, prior to the match, Evil Uno, he was pissed off. Well, Hangman was pissed yep. off that Evil Uno even got involved, but Uno was like, no matter what happens, do not get involved in this match. So as soon as the match ended, Hangman was able to come down with his brand new theme song. And and join the fight. So, was that a strong ending to AEW Dynamite? I feel like if they had more time, it could have been. Yes, but even with as that as with that as the main event, though, I don't even know. I liked I liked the fact that that was the main event. A, it gives somebody that's been in AEW for a very very long time, like Evil Uno, a main event spot, and. You can't say anything bad about anything that Evil Uno has done since being in AEW. Because um, he's barely on TV. Not even that, but like when the Dark Order was super hot, they were doing, you know, they were doing great things. But like, it gives him a time to shine, and it again, it kind of makes this more this feud between Moxley and Hangman personal because here's the Dark Order who has done everything and anything they could to help out Hangman Page, regardless of F. They, if he wants their help or not, and now here's John Moxley 
beating the ever-living snot out of Evil Uno and, you know, and people that have been subservient to Hangman Page. And now... How did Mox get busted open? He blinked. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Am I misremembering a part? Was there a part where... Where Evil Uno was locked in the was it like a headlock or whatever, and there was blood actually and pouring out of his mouth. Gushing, that was disgusting. Gushing. I mean, again, that's why I feel like the use of blood in AEW has to. They got to take a step back from it. Even you if know, you're like, wearing a mask, do you need to get busted open? I don't. It's. I feel like that, I, that happens like, a I lot in Mexico, have, but but they ripped the mask. I kind of had. You know, he ripped the mask too. You saw him on the outside. He was pulling that middle piece of the mask. Um, but. It just and like I knew going into this match, I'm like, oh great, we're gonna get a great visual of Evil Uno busted open next week. Um, but that and that's what happened. So uh, still hyping up this Texas Death Match for Revolution. I was wrong a couple weeks ago saying that the ma- the event was in Texas and San Francisco. So big old uh, San which, Fran Texas Street Fight or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So and that's where uh, AEW beat next week at the Cal Palace in San Francisco, California. So we'll wait for that. A big revolution we could talk about next week. Well, not a big revolution, but Revolution the Event is coming up, and we'll talk about that next week. But until then, let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week was the opener on Rampage, Wheel Yuta versus Orange Cassidy for the all Elite Championship. The match was just outstanding. I, would, I was standing up and clapping in my living room about how good it was. So go back and watch it. Brandon. Who are you shouting out? Hi, this is Casey Kasem, and up next on the American Top 40, Brandon Shoutout. The first shoutout goes to Richard Belzer, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 78. Most famously known for his role as Detective John Munch on, like, literally a million shows, it seems. But he started with the character on Homicide, Life on the Streets, and then it appeared on a few episodes of Law and Order before actually becoming uh, SVU, and uh, like a mainstay on SVU. Yes. He also appeared as Munch on Arrested Development, The X-Files, 30 Rock, and, and a few other uh, shows as well. But he was a stand-up comedian, and I think his dry sense of humor really added to the character that he played. Wrestling-wise, when he hosted his own talk show, he had... Hulk Hogan and Mr. Tion and Hulk Hogan ended up locking him in a front chin lock and he passed out and Hogan for whatever reason just dropped him and he bumped the absolute hell out of his head and got busted open blood was literally pouring down his head and uh he successfully sued Hulk Hogan I guess for that spot who isn't suing Hulk Hogan brother but uh yeah Dave and I saw him at a Jets game one time in 2009 I thought that was pretty cool so it's just unfortunate that he passed away. Uh, next up goes to the TV program Party Down, which is a show on Stars that first premiered in 2009. It got canceled after season two in 2010. Did you ever? You probably never watched this, right? I think I watched one episode. It was. Uh, it's it's back for a third season. So I've heard, and I'm pumped. It stars Adam Scott, Jane Lynch, Ken Marino. Uh, Martin Starr, Lizzie Kaplan was in the, the first iteration of it, but she can't do the scheduling. She can't, uh, be in the third season, but I discovered the show after it was canceled. Uh, Paul Rudd is one of the creators. So I think that was a draw factor and the, the cast is super stacked. It's going to be on stars again, every Friday. 
I hope it does well, and I hope it gets picked up for even more seasons, and I hope Lizzie can rejoin the the show. So I'm pumped to, to watch that. And then the last shout-out goes to the Up, Up, Down, Down ratings reveal for WWE 2K23 that Xavier Woods hosted with Big E, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Tyler Breeze. We got to see clips and pictures from some of the people in the game and uh, and their ratings, of course. But most importantly, we found out that Tyler Breeze will be returning to the game so I'm pumped for that. He'll be a playable character, and then I think him, he's probably, I think he's under like a Legends deal or something like it that. It seems like that might be a, a thing. I don't know. Uh, or uh, somebody also said that he's uh, a trainer at the Performance Center. Okay, well he has his own wrestling school, so so yeah, I don't know. But he'll be a playable character, and uh, I believe he's just a copy and paste from last year's game, which is fine with me because we still get everything. I, I'm like I'm fine with Tyler Breeze being a, a copy and paste from last year. I'm not fine with people like Trish and Lita being copy and pastes. Because it's like they've actually wrestled recently where they could have updated gear, but for whatever reason. Are we going to live stream it on our Twitch? I don't know. Probably not. Why not? But uh, Xavier Woods and and Tyler Breeze will also be selectable as GMs and GMO, which I think is funny because they were part of the big push as to, like, we need GM mode back. I I personally hate GM mode, but they were huge fans of GM mode, and, and I feel like they're a part of a reason why... GM mode was added back in. So it's cool that they get to be GMs in the game, but those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our That is right, our mark out moment of the week. I feel like a lot of them have already been said, like that Shatter Machine, Mercedes Monet, and the, her tribute to Hana Kimura. Beth's, uh, Beth's uh, Bolnicano face paint, which I, I yeah. marked out for hard. Matt um, Cardona's Indie God gear. I don't <laughs> care anything about Indiana Jones, but I thought this was super cool gear that he had. I know, and then the video of the highlights to that with the Indiana Jones music that he posted on Twitter, I was crying. <laughs> it was so good. We um, also got more WrestleMania Goes Hollywood commercials. Yeah. I, and they uh, aired, a, they I aired get, one with Seth Rollins as the Joker and Becky Lynch as Batman. Yes, I saw that. I like the the recorded theme song that they gave for Seth in that, or not theme song, but like the, the fans singing to the... Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, but... To me, it didn't really feel like the ads that they had for WrestleMania 21. I still think it's cool. They gave previews of it that people just seem to like find out. I think on uh, maybe NXT or during our during on during Raw, but they aired it actually afterwards that people just like didn't see it. I don't understand why Rhea Ripley is doing a Stranger Things one. That's not to me. That's not Hollywood. That's not like yes. that's a TV show. <laughs> okay, it's still made in Hollywood, brother. Uh, one of the grossest. Just one I, of the most. I don't know. I don't agree with that one. Okay, whatever, Mark. But uh, uh, you have any other uh, markout moments? Uh, from Monday Night Raw, Edge versus Austin Theory. Edge doing a, uh, Austin Theory giving Edge a monkey flip and him st- <laughs> flipping right onto his feet. Um, especially with Edge being at the twilight of his career, for him to still do awesome stuff like that uh, is pretty, pretty incredible. Um, you said the Matt Cardona Indie God uh, gear. I thought it was just hilarious, even though he lost to Nick, Nick Wayne, but... That's part of Matt's uh, shtick now. So, we also, uh, I know you you don't watch Impractical Jokers. 
But no, Sal wore a Razor Ramon shirt on last week's episode. I thought that was pretty cool. What a mark. I thought it was so, cool. I also, so, I gave a, a shout out recently to the new Night Court show. And okay. on this week's episode, the bailiff mentioned her hero as a child or whatever being uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. So I thought that was pretty cool. Cool. And then speaking of Macho Man, Record Day, Record Store Day. Oh, yeah. Huge mark out. They're releasing Be a Man on vinyl. I know, still limited to a thousand copies. So I don't know how someone's defined that, but I mean, it's very unexpected. Uh, Looney Tunes is a great record store in West Babylon. Uh, that they, they do. I don't think records. they were on the list. They weren't. Oh, right. I don't know. They, I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. I know there's that... a place in Massapequa. There was Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Wait, in Massapequa? Yeah. Oh my God! I think I might actually have a broadcast in Massapequa that day. Let me look at the calendar. Twenty May, April twenty second, correct? Yeah. But again, I, it's, just, it's I don't think it's guaranteed that you're gonna because there's like no, I'm not in Massapequa that day. I have a game at Mount there's Sinai definitely over a thousand stores, so I don't know how that stuff works. You have you know a couple here, a couple there. So also, um, the 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 A and E biographies they I aired watched, the NWO one. I watched that one. I thought it was great. Was your mind not blown? Apparently, this has been online a few weeks, uh, a few years already. Eric Bischoff talking the the original nwo logo design designed by disney yeah i thought that was wild blew my mind i know you're probably really excited about it yeah i was like hell yeah that's a disney shirt now <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so hilarious. now like when i go to disney in june i can wear an nwo shirt I'm like oh it's disney property and and people like they they won't even maybe know you maybe pull a cast member aside be like i don't know if you know this or not kirk, but, uh, kirk the, the, the most famous cast member of all time now <laughs> Awesome, Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse owns owns the joint, brother. Come on. Well, yeah, that's true. Is he giving is he giving VIP tours? No, I don't think so. That's funny. Mick Foley posted a a picture of uh, him, Dewey, and um, with Kirk. No, Ah. he posted a picture of them on Splash Mountain, and they had the characters from Splash Mountain riding with them. And it's like you don't get stuff like that these days. Yeah, you don't. I feel like that's only something that happens in an ABC sitcom and and. Apparently, that used to happen a lot back in the day in the parks. I had no idea. With my kids home this week, they've been watching a lot of Full House. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. that's a, that again. If you watch that major vlog where they go to Disney World to, to all four parks in the same day, that to me, Matt Cardone is Danny Tanner when it comes <laughs> but, to Disney World. Yeah. I've awesome. always been like, I've always, even when he spoke about it with uh, Kirk. No, back in the day when they did a show, I, I did he ever do a, a show Figure it with out? him and Cody? What did him and Cody ever talk about going to Disney World together? I think on something, but I feel I, like when when they did that, Cody's like, I'm just like, I just want to like stroll through the park. Matt Cardona's like, we have to get to this place now, and it's like great. Danny. That's like very Danny Tanner, where it's like you have to stick to that strict schedule. I yep. would I would die if I went to the park with. With Matt, <laughs> oh, I'd we'd be I'd I'd rule. It'd be great. It's like my my wife has everything kind of planned out to the T on things we want to do for Disney. So I would um, be so dead. I know. Well, I usually that's my days. We try to get as much possible. We're not doing four parks in one day, brother. But you know. But yeah, right. I mean, I try to do as much as possible too. But I'm a bit limited when it comes to breath. I guess. No, you gotta get that <laughs> endurance in. But anyway, all hell, Kirk, and all hell. Mark and Ad episode 629. Let's put a bow in this for the day. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you subscribe on all of your major podcasting applications. Facebook.com slash Mark and Twitter.com slash Mark and 
YouTube and Instagram.com slash marketout11 and email us, marketout1 at gmail.com. Don't forget TikTok, TikTok at marketout. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Dog. Dave, who's not here, and he'll be back to tell us all about San Diego and going to his happy place on the beach and going to the zoo and all the things that he's doing. Uh, David, PT, DPT, and Brandon, of course, on all these social media influencing platforms at BTTG161. So until next week, we wish you the, the best of luck in your endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh.